This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast with me Amit Barua, your host for this episode. Political entrepreneur, politician, election guru, there are many ways to describe Prashant Kishore, who clearly enjoys a larger than life status in the country's politics. Is he really that important that party after party is courting him to help them win elections? Are there any others like him? Why did he decide not to join the Congress party despite a firm offer? To discuss these questions and the business of how elections in the country are being conducted, I am joined by political journalist and analyst Javed Ansari. Welcome to In Focus, Javed. Thank you. Pleasure being here. Javed, my first question to you. What is your assessment of Prashant Kishore having watched the Indian politics, you know, from a ringside view for several decades? Prashant Kishore brings a lot to the table in his field of political management as a political strategist, manager of elections. He's right up there at the top. He has a proven track record. He was he played a key role in Mr. Modi sweeping the 2014 elections. He helped Nitish Kumar and Lalu topple, uh, defeat the BJP in, in Bihar. He's helped Mamta Banerjee. He's helped the DMK. He's helped TRS, Chagan Mohan and Kejriwal. So therefore, he comes with all the right credentials and, and pedigree. He brings a lot to the table. So then how come there's, o- there's only one of him, Javed? Why are there not many Prashant Kishore sprouting? But they are not as high profile and they don't have the same track success track record as he does. There's Mr. Steve Jarding. He helped uh, Akhilesh Yadav in the elections that were held five years ago, not the last one. Then there, there's Mondeep Mishra. There are a lot of them who have emerged from the Prashant Kishore School of Election Management and have now branched out. There's a gentleman called Amit who now have, works in Rahul Gandhi's team. He apparently helps the Congress helps prepare the Congress for elections. But there is no doubt elections and electionary, the way elections have fought, have changed dramatically since the time you and I started reporting. Now there's a lot, you you need professional help, you need people, number crunchers, you need public publicists, you need people who will be able to identify and hone in strategy, you need communication experts. And Prashant Kishore brings all that under one umbrella. There are lots of people now, the smaller party, and increasingly parties are going in for this. Akhilesh Yadav, barring Mayavati and barring the left, I think everybody now has a consultant, you know, is seeking the help of a consultant in one form or the other. Does that tell you that political parties themselves are losing touch with people, that they need these specialists? I mean, earlier it was quite simple. Political parties ran a campaign, they selected the candidate. You know, according to various, you know, caste, religious, whatever considerations, money, power, all those things. So this turning to specialists, uh, is it a value addition or is it a sense that you have that political parties are losing touch with their own realities? Look, it's it cannot and is not and it can never be a substitute for, for direct linkages with the masses as far as political parties are concerned. These are add-ons. They supplement and they aid the efforts of political parties. They try and hone in strategy, cut the flap, you know, but 
they can never be subsidized. It's, at the end of the day, it's a political party that has to go and fight, win or, and then win or lose elections. These people, the, the experts can, can only add on. And it's, this phenomena is recent in India, but for as long as I can remember, there, there have been consultants in, in America and the UK, which all political parties seek their help. And, and now in India, we are waking up to this. You know, they cannot go there, go out there and campaign. It's the candidate, it's political party and the leadership it has to. But they can help identify issues. They can help identify demographics. They can help identify what the people want. But and in this age, you know, it's it's no longer about just going addressing a public meeting and, and, and seeking votes. There's social media, there's television, there's advertising, there's, you know, visual media, audio medium. There's so much of it is now just, you know, elections have become almost an industry. Right. As you mentioned that in the West, especially these kinds of political managers, strategists have been used for as long as you can remember. So is this also an indicator, Javed, that we are now seeing a more personality driven politics in the country? Whether you look at the 2014 campaign of Narendra Modi or the 2019 campaign, or let's turn even to the Uttar Pradesh elections. The double engine ki sarkar was basically a vote for Modi and for Yogi. I mean, that was the projection of the BJP and which seems to have, you know, clicked with the people. So is it that these election strategists feed into the personalities of political leaders and, you know, project them in a way which we have never seen before in a sense in India? You know, they play political managers or, or political uh, experts, they play, they play to your strengths. They will try and hype your strengths and hide your failures. Whenever And this, as far as personality-based elections are concerned, it's not a recent phenomenon. Look what happened when Indra Gandhi stand. Because the Congress had a personality which, which had captured the imagination of the country or large parts of the country, they fed on this. So this election was around, was Indra Gandhi. Then when she died, and, Rahu, and Rajiv Gandhi fought the 84 elections. It was partly her and partly Rajiv Gandhi, you know, bringing in a, a, a new face and a new clean Congress. Then the Vajpayee, it, it was the BJP. During the first term of Mr. Vajpayee, the BJP kept saying that we should revert to a presidential formal election. Why was that? Because they felt that in Vajpayee, they had a, they had a personality who would be able to carry with him, would be able to help even the... The state, the not so popular and not so charismatic state satraps of the BJP helped them also well. And now in Modi, they believe that they have found a leader who can do the heavy lifting on behalf of the party in the states, even in, in places where he's not a candidate. So it's, it's mind, this is not a recent phenomena. Every time a party has a leader who, a charismatic leader, they, they try and build their campaign around it. In his presentation to the Congress, Prashant Kishore did not talk of personality because he realizes, and, and perhaps so does the Congress, that the Congress at the moment doesn't have somebody, anybody who, you know, who personality-wise, who can be a match to or who they can offer as an alternative. So therefore, he was talking of uh, trying taking advantage of the chinks in the BJP's armor, of trying and uh, presenting a more wholesome, more holistic approach rather than individual-based support. Right. Just to return to that point, that you important point that you make about political parties using individuals even earlier, you're absolutely right about Indira Gandhi, Rajiv Gandhi, all these people. 
but now it's been taken to another level don't you think because on occasion it looks as if mr modi is a candidate for from all the 540 plus uh, lok sabha seats uh, whenever elections are held and this is in a sense taking it taking the personality cult and now there are various as you also pointed out various mediums to push the personality cult say when indira gandhi was around there was no whatsapp or there was no facebook or nothing to project her as a personality today we have all the means to do so so isn't this taking it in a sense to a new level oh certainly this is unprecedented levels they they every button that can be pushed every advantage that can be accrued is being taken and the whole purpose is you just look at this every time they launch a government program they, it's a huge stage which is set up the launch is everything is magnified to the nth degree the the launch is like you're launching a product so there you have a huge stage and on that there is only one leader there's one person the entire the arc lights are focused on him everything is focused so every, for the bjp a integral part of the bjp's strategy is the building up of brand modi they believe that they have a brand in modi and now they lose no opportunity to build that up right just to return to prashant kishore do point to his track record impressive track record but isn't it a fact also that javed that prashant kishore has cultivated many journalists and he knows how to be in the public eye that is why he has a huge start over uh, the other names uh, that you mentioned so there is no doubt that he is very savvy he is very media savvy he is very politically savvy but he also has a track record to back that you know you can only and for one you know as i always believe that we journalists must disabuse ourselves of this notion that we can break, make or break careers or we can make or break people if you have something maybe friendly journalists can add to what you already have can window dress some of the stuff that you have but if you are a zero there is nothing that journalists can do so prashant kishore i mean how can anybody you don't have to be a fan of prashant kishore to acknowledge that he helped when he was in he helped win uh, helped telmul telmul congress win the, the last time in west bengal or that trs in andhra like he helped jagan or he or he helped nitish and lalu so he does bring a lot to the table yes there he is not the only one there are lots of others in the game but he has a huge machinery well oiled machinery he's got people in place and he exploits that and he, therefore he appears at least in the public eye he appears to be to be the front runner he appears to have his against all the rest of his competition so let's now come javed to a political party which you have watched very closely in your journalistic career that is the congress party i mean it would be you know unnecessary to say that the party is in the throes of a deep and deepening crisis i think we could be agreed on that but what i want to ask you is javed is that someone like prashant kishore who has suggested a possible game plan for the congress how to revive itself and he had an open offer to join the party why do you think he said no so because he was not getting what he wanted and and the congress give him what he wanted you can't hand over a entire party to an outsider and then allow him to take all the shots and everybody else sits on the sideline that's not how it works certainly not in a party of the size and and the kind that the congress party is one two prashant is not used to checks and balances he he can't function as a part of a committee he want in the past whenever he's worked wherever he's worked he's he's been answerable only to the boss here he was a part of an empowered committee where there were eight nine people 
and then the kind of radical transformation that he wanted the congress was not willing to commit itself in in, in one go if you look at mrs sonia gandhi's style of functioning ever since she's taken on the started helming the congress she she believes in incremental changes you know no big bang theories she's never had even if you take something as minor as a reshuffle in the icc she'll shift one general secretary in january then wait and do it again in the first week of march and it's not as if all general secretaries are shunted out and, and a new batch brought in and and now the congress leadership does not carry their way, word does not carry the kind of weight they don't wield the same power they used to in their time and therefore to, to, to get things done to be able to get the decisions implemented has also curtailed to a large to a large degree so they were not in a position to bring in these large scale changes that prashant wanted and prashant desired they did by from what i from what i learned from sources within the congress they had bought into 90% of the office suggestions the roadmap most of them agree in fact some of them were taken in they were in awe of the presentation that he made not necessarily they were not necessarily his fans they had reservations of the fact that he still had linkages with other party how would that sit you know when you're joining a con- the congress party and you still retain your linkages with other parties how is that going to work and all that but this they they bought into the program into the roadmap into the plan that he had presented to them right one other thing that i want to ask you david is that you know congress supporters would probably not quarrel with the messaging that has been coming from the party from rahul gandhi and now priyanka gandhi but there seem to be very few takers for the political messaging you know in the audience amongst the electorate why do you think that is the case that the messaging of the bjp hits home each time and the messaging of the congress party always seems to fall short amit that that's a really important question and that is something that has intrigued me but this is not just true of the congress it is true of the entire opposition look at it you know congress included the entire opposition is absolutely clueless or nonplussed into how to tackle this wave of hindutva that is sweeping the country in in the times that you and i were hitting the roads in the actively reporting you know most political parties would would swear by secularism would swear by talk of minorities now do you hear any party leave alone the congress do you hear any party so much so that even the left is is wary you know every decision now that political parties take they twice look over their shoulder will this or won't this annoy the majority community this wave of majoritarianism that is sweeping india nobody seems to have an answer at least there are some people you know rahul gandhi has a lot of weaknesses he's made a lot of mistakes but there is one thing that you have to give it to him he has been consistently speaking up against and highlighting this threat of majoritarianism and speaking up against the rss he it requires a degree of courage and courage of conviction to stand against the tide and speak up but it's not selling it's not going down well because the right now the country is just going through this twist with this kind of with majoritarianism or with hindutva large sections of people of us indians appear to have bought into this and they're not willing to listen to two voices of of sanity and reason this is one this is one big question this is an elephant which nobody wants to address but this stares us in the face 
on that issue only i want to ask you javed but we still have you know many regional holdouts to the bjp we have the dmk in the in tamil nadu we have the ysrcp in andhra we have the trs in telangana we have you know the bjd and navin patnaik in odisha we have mamta banerjee of course in bengal so we have all these regional parties and leaders who can really take on the bjp and deliver their message isn't that the case well deliver their message when it comes to state elections can they can they let's get one fact right there is no political party in this country which alone on its own can take on and defeat the bjp they can only do it if all of them or most of them come together right uh, the oh, the silver lining to to, to this dismal scenario is the one that you pointed out that in many states the regional parties are able to hold their own against the bjp that this wave of majoritarianism or hindutva is limited to the hindi heartland or and to and to karnataka in in the south but in terms of seats the hindi heartland and if you take karnataka together then in terms of lok sabha seats it's it's formidable and that's what propels the bjp is what has propelled the bjp to power for the last two times so that is not something uh, one of the things one of the significant things that prashant kishore had pointed out is that while there is he acknowledges that there is this wave sweeping the the country there is also some hope because not everybody not every hindu is a voter of hindutva and buys into the kind of politics that bjp teaches the oppositions especially the congress party's message and narrative should be tailor made should focus on these people who are not committed to the bjp so his formula was focus on the majority within the minority and the minority within the majority in addition to a lot of other things but you know the bjp stranglehold on the hindi heartland especially up bihar and, uh, and then it's a formidable force in rajasthan in madhya pradesh it has it also has now presence in karnataka so all that cannot be just wished away so before i let you go javed ansari tell me one thing what is the future of prashant kishore and the likes of him in indian politics he will continue to try he, he has enough he's already a consultant to to mamta banerji to the dmk to jagan to prs to to these people and he has his clients he he will continue he will find because he does bring something to the table one may or may not like his man his personality there are a lot of people who believe that he's he, he he's on a gun on hire but nonetheless there are enough people out there who are willing to hire him right thank you so much javed ansari for speaking to the hindus in focus podcast my pleasure bin thank you in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon